Hey there, welcome to the Seinfeld Podcast. I'm Chris Pugh. I have Craig and Laura with me. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. How are you guys? Good. Good. I got to think that Jerry Seinfeld is upset with Squid Game. Because we were just talking about this beforehand. And, you know, when uh, Seinfeld launched, which was probably about a month ago on Netflix, you, you actually heard some buzz. You heard some ads. You heard... You know, Jerry was on the Tonight Show specifically to talk about Seinfeld. And I'm not seeing that much buzz. I mean, I guess it's still on there. And I'm sure people are watching it, but it's not ruling the Netflix top charts anymore, from what I understand. And, you know, I mean, you're hearing a ton more buzz about Squid Game than Seinfeld, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe they came out, maybe it went to... Netflix at the wrong time. Yeah. The TV season's new. Yeah. Well, whatever there is of the TV season. <laughs> yeah, because you would think, man, if you... Now, Netflix launches shows at weird times. So but like you said, you're launching Seinfeld when there's new stuff to watch. You know, if it's on basic broadcasts or mm-hmm. other places. And, you know, Netflix doesn't always have that big banger of a show, but man, I've heard nothing but Squid Game over the past few months. Yeah, I, it's uh, you know Netflix. I don't I don't know if Netflix really cares whether or not they have Seinfeld. I think they they got it because they know that one of the biggest concerns people have about Netflix is that they don't have a lot of those you know pedigree series out there like you know King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, Friends. So I think they kind of thought, well, you know, Seinfeld's the one thing that's available right now, so let's buy it because we're Netflix and we have billions of dollars to just throw away at stuff. Not that Seinfeld's a throwaway, but to them, I don't I don't know that Seinfeld really hits their audience, to be blunt. I mean, I think right. you know, you're looking at Netflix as being like a, a millennial Gen Z, things that people, you know, just come in and out of, watch things, don't even watch it, whatever. I don't know if Seinfeld on Netflix is the the best streamer for them, but you know they're at least going to be on there for what ten years or five years or whatever it is. So it's it's probably not a match made in heaven, but it, it, at least it's back on a streamer at this point. Well, and Craig, you said this, and and Laura. I, I... I would imagine you would agree. Maybe a plus of having Seinfeld on is I think like Squid Game has three, four hours of content. So if you say, darn it, I'm going to watch Squid Game tonight, you've got three, four hours. So unless you watch the whole thing over and over again, you know, you've got three, four hours of time on site. You know, we talk about this in journalism a lot. Well, Seinfeld, it's what, 75, 80 hours to get through the whole series. So I guess the plus of Seinfeld is it's, more content that you can get through than a Squid Game or some other new show, right? Well, but if they're not interested in that 75 or 80 hours of content, yeah. what they'll do is they'll just say, oh, well, what does what does Netflix recommend after Squid Game or after X, Y, or Z show? And then they'll just move on to that. I, I mean, the the it's great that they have that amount of series length in Seinfeld that can give them you know, for people like us that like Seinfeld that want to watch it, or there are probably people that have binge watched it since it's, you know, come back to, to Netflix. But at the same time, most people that are watching Squid Game might not gravitate towards Seinfeld. They might look at other right. things that are 
quirky or unique or weird or whatever like squid game kind of is so it's it's i understand what you're saying but i don't know if it's a complete marriage just because you got to assume that people are like well I'm, I'm watching netflix so let's turn seinfeld on well they may not think that way though either i don't have netflix i found a under the table way of watching squid game i, I got through a little bit of squid game today and very different. I, I don't know. I mean, I heard some people talk almost like it was you'd be horrified. And, you know, you watch, oh, what was the other somewhere? The, the Hunger Games. After watching that, yeah, Squid Game was probably Hunger Games times 100. But, you know, I've seen stuff like that before. I, I don't know. Well, now that we totally bashed Seinfeld, let's talk about one of the episodes for the next few minutes. The stock tip. We end the first season finale of Seinfeld. I guess it probably wasn't technically season finale because at that time, who knows if it will have come back again. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, guys. I kind of identified with this. Um, I've dipped my toes for the first time in the stock market recently, and I, I found myself kind of like Jerry. I, I bought some Bitcoin, and I'm checking that stock like four or five times a day. And I was bummed out. I, I think so far I got 20 bucks invested and I'm not like 21, 27. So I made like a buck 27. And I, but I'm, I'm feeling the highs and lows. It was down the door one day. And I was depressed. It was rough. I, was, I thought what Jerry was. Jerry bought a stock. It did well uh, for a while and it tanked for a while and it did well for a while. I learned to think about the stock. Now, right? Stock market here. Chris, you're having the same problem that you did before. Yeah, I think you're okay. breaking up again. Maybe you're losing power. <laughs> oh, I think I'm okay. I don't know. Uh, can you guys hear me back now? It's the audio. Yeah, the audio hey. is the issue. Okay, well, what what you guys talk about the stock tip while I try to figure out my technique? Yeah. Well, I think I made out what Chris had said, Laura. He, he was asking what you thought of the stock tip. Um, I'll let you kind of go first on this. What were your thoughts on this episode? Well, I'm not a fan of Vanessa, so I sort of, you know, have to deal with that aspect of it. <laughs> I the parts that make me laugh are are always like the like the throwaway stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, not so much the actual topic, but like the the conversations in the restaurant between um, George and Jerry and and Elaine. Um, right. especially the stuff about the tuna, you know, or George is just like, <laughs> George just gets the tuna. I don't care. You know, right. I don't care about tuna the hell with them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, and of course, you know, Kramer and his absolute joy in Jerry's failure on the stock markets. <laughs> Were you kind of surprised by that though? Cause like, I don't ever recall. I mean, Kramer tells it like it is kind of, yeah. But here he's kind of like really sinister, though. He's kind of like yeah. very, very, you know, unsettling as a character because he's like rooting for Jerry's demise <laughs> instead of rooting for his, you know, one of his best friends to do well. I mean, I know maybe it's his disdain for the stock market or whatever, but, you know, yeah. and I know Jerry over the years, you know, you'll come to find out that Jerry doesn't think too highly of Kramer's ideas, but he's never really outwardly like, 
aggressive in his hatred for it, you know. So I was yeah. kind of were you surprised that that Kramer was a little bit more sinister and a little bit more uh, you know, mean spirited this time around? Honestly, not really. <laughs> um, because uh I think um it's you know, I sort of like I'm not sure that he was like necessarily, you know, praying for his demise as much right. as, as much as he was just enjoying the way the squirming part of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It was it. I, I think he probably felt bad, or maybe he didn't know how much money it was. You know? Yeah, it's possible. But probably he might have asked him yeah. after that first day, maybe. Yeah. When he was in the apartment showing, you know, I mean, gloating almost that the, uh, yeah. the stock price was down. And I think he had asked him, like, how much are you down? And I think that's about when he said whether it was, what, 2500 or whatever it yeah. was. But so maybe he kind of had an idea of how much was being invested. Yeah, it seemed uh, I sort of I sort of looked at it like he was just enjoying the pain that he was in rather than a failure, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think he he probably knew, you know, from the beginning that this isn't the, this isn't Jerry's style. Like Jerry doesn't have the temperament to be in the yeah. stock market, and I think that's probably why he was like overindulging in sort of the um, you know, uneasiness of stock markets. So I think that's probably you know maybe now that I think about it a little bit more, he wasn't like. You know, trying to to root for the demise of Jerry, but more so probably, you know, thinking, hey, this is why you shouldn't have done this yeah. because it's going to be your everyday. You know, every day it's going to be hell on earth because you don't know what's going to happen day to day. And you're going to be looking at the newspaper business section. You know, he did that on vacation, for instance. Went on the trip with uh, Vanessa. Um, I think Chris should invest in Sendrex. <laughs> yeah. yeah well <laughs> it was okay. a, it was a technique for televising opera, which seemed very odd even back then. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I, it needs to invest in Syndrex. Oh, you said Bitcoin? No, and like this was that was what they were gonna that's what they invested in the company. Yeah. Okay. Syndrex, okay. Which yeah. I mean as soon as he said what they do, I would have been like, you're done. I'm done. Yeah, that's not even like a good tip. I mean, the the right. last tip that George had later in the episode at the end was an actual like, okay, that's not a bad idea. But yeah, yeah. the opera, no, not not really a worthwhile investment, I don't think. But you never, you never know with stocks anymore. I mean, like GameStop. Yeah. I mean, I'm down to video games, but I think I'm the only one that goes to GameStop anymore. And but that shot up, you, you know. I mean, it's not always the hey, it's a great idea. You know, it's yeah. Sometimes goofy people buy a ton of stocks. So, yeah, yeah. Apologize, guys. I'm not sure what's going on with the mic today. So I'm, we're actually going no mic. We'll see how that works. So, right. <laughs> um, okay, okay, Laura, I gotta take issue because with something that you uh -oh. said before my mic went kafui. Uh oh. So Jerry's girlfriend's Vanessa, right? In the uh -oh. show. Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. Okay, now this was probably not just for season one, but if you go to all the seasons of Seinfeld, this may have been Jerry's longest girlfriend, right? Because yeah. I'm not sure how many got the three episode arc. Usually Jerry's girlfriend's two at best, maybe. I don't even know if there was yeah. any two. I don't, yeah, I don't think one, anybody was longer, but I mean, 
Does that mean she's okay just because she made it three? <laughs> I, I mean, she's a pill. Yeah, just yeah. annoying or? She's a pain in the ass. I mean, she's like hmm. tripping on him in the store because he wants to check the check the stock. I mean, it is kind of stupid to check the stock, but yeah. she doesn't have to say it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't well, know. I just, it, well, and we all have our likes and dislikes. I, you know, twenty year old me would be like, "I can't believe you said that. Get out or whatever." No, I mean, we all have our likes, dislikes. I kind of liked her. I mean, if I, if I was single, Chris, and like all of Jerry's girlfriends from the show were in front of me and they said, it was like The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, and I got to pick the all of Jerry's girlfriends, that would be episode. Like if we did like a Bachelor and Bachelorette of all the girls and guys we're dating and we could pick which one we like. Holy mackerel. Now, I feel weird for saying this. Already, Laura's giving me a really weird look. I believe we've lost control of this episode. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't obsessed with her, but I, compared to Jerry's other girlfriends, I don't know. Craig, what was your favorite Jerry girlfriend? Like, if you and your wife never met, which which girl would you be interested in from Jerry's girlfriends? Um, I'm going to say, and this is, it's more of, not because of the great arc she had on the show, but um, it, because it's my favorite Seinfeld episode, is um, Terry Hatcher's Sidra. Um, okay. The why is because that episode is my favorite. I love okay. the uh, side story with Kramer and the Sal Bass. You know, in the song yeah. thing was hilarious. I loved it. Oh yeah, um, and and that was a fun arc too. Um, but yeah, Sidra, not because she's like the most beautiful or whatever, or because they're real and spectacular, but mostly yeah, just because that's my favorite episode. I was like, wow. <laughs> we're, 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 we're understanding a lot more about Craig than we wanted to. Yeah, were you expecting me to say like man hands or? Uh... <laughs> no, I I like the model the best. The one uh, that he met on the airplane. Yeah, or or the, the Miss America okay. contestant too. The Miss America contestant was a good. A good girlfriend. She was a wholesome, good girl. Um, although she did hire Kramer to be her coach, but yeah. still, she was a good girlfriend. I thought. Yeah, the mom on the airplane was good looking and, and a fun, a fun personality. Um, the uh, what was Krista Davis from Sex and the City? I, I thought oh, she was a, a fun yeah. girlfriend. You know, when she was the <laughs> so probably an incredibly hot take saying Vanessa was my favorite, but maybe Vanessa didn't turn me off as much. That's a surprise. I mean, again, I might fight anybody over this, but I, I know I feel like it's a really horrible take to look at Laura's face right now. I mean, I'm like, it's just a like I feel like I'm saying. I thought she was all right. Maybe third if we had to do our rankings of girlfriends on it. You know what's Maybe. weird though is that you said that she had the longest arc on of all the girlfriends on Seinfeld. And I just now realized that she did because yeah. you could have told me she was in one episode and I would have said, Yeah, she was in the one episode, but I didn't realize she was in more than one episode. Yeah. So um I think that that's probably the impression that she left on me was she just wasn't really a memorable girlfriend other than being sort of not really meant for Jerry kind of thing. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the other two, because if you didn't do that, I would probably walk out here going, yeah, she was the best. Uh, she didn't turn me off. I mean, I think Laura, if she ranked everybody, Laura would have her way down low. Um, 
Now, now for guys, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, Laura. I, I might mean to disparage you here, but if I had to guess from the way I know Laura, um, in terms of guys that were dated on the show, probably JFK Jr., right? Would you have to? <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would have to be number one. But not Putty? You didn't I mean, say it right. JFK oh. Jr. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was number one. Although Putty is a good. He is good. He's awesome. You got to love Putty. Yeah. And speaking of that, I, I don't know if I, I noticed if it was a, a Twitter reply or a Facebook reply, but yeah, I saw Laura's replying. Uh, somebody was posting a crazy story about the QAnon was saying that, yeah, JFK Jr. is going to come back to life. Yeah. And, more of the good point saying if JFK, well, it wasn't come back to life. I think it was like he really, he never really was dead. He's going to be right. like, hey, I'm alive. Everything's yeah. good. But Laura was a good point saying, hey, if he wasn't dead, he, he probably dead. wasn't a QAnon supporter. That, that would be a shock. Probably as big of a shock as, wow, JFK Jr. Be, never died. I don't think he would be on Trump's, uh, on Trump's uh, ticket. <laughs> Especially from a QAnon side, maybe he said, "Hey, enough Democrats, I'll be a Republican now." But to be very far right wing would be kind that of funny. So, yes, like you said, I think you said in the, in the message, "Hey, probably as much of a shock as if he were, truly was alive." So, yeah, yeah, but I, I would agree. I mean, I can't think of. And again, I'm not necessarily looking at guys for attractiveness, but I can't imagine a better guy than JFK Jr. by far. So I don't know. Was there any even was close to that? I can't think of anything as far um, as looks go, or just as far as looks. Probably Keith Hernandez was good. Oh yes, yeah, yes. About Keith Hernandez. Well, yeah. Putty had a long character arc, and you know, yeah. off again, on again, off again, relationship with Elaine. Um, he was very memorable. Like, you know, obviously, okay. JFK Jr., everybody knows that he was the love interest there. But, you know, Putty made a, a, a had a pretty memorable, every time he was on screen was pretty memorable. So, I, Keith Hernandez, though, as well. But, but, but you're saying it's personality, JFK right? Because of the oh, magic yeah. loogie. Yeah, he was... It was troublesome. <laughs> but you're saying Patrick Warburton's personality kind of evened the score. Also, uh, Tim Watley, too, was good. Right. Yeah, yeah, Tim Watley. Yeah. Well, but, but we're saying it's their personality that kind of made them similar to Hernandez and JFK Jr. Because, yeah, this is going out in the internet. Maybe Patrick Warburton is going through a Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> and if he hears you're comparing him to the attractiveness of JFK Jr., Patrick Warburton may come to your house and give you a big hug. I mean, I, I don't know if you can give any broader compliment than you just did. So. He had a great personality, though. Yeah. And he I, paints his face. Yeah. I never knew. It was, was, he was very faithful, too. He was. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that Keith Hernandez was so good looking. It was Keith Hernandez is always a, a sex symbol, or whatever you want to call it. No, not really. I mean, <laughs> okay. I don't know. He has a great mustache. That's. Yeah. Well, I remember we worked together like 20 years ago. And I, hopefully, I'm not saying too much here. You once told me how good looking Wayne Gretzky was. Now, yeah. I'll be honest, when you first said that, see, I, I've got all these like 
really repressed memories of our time working together 20 years ago, Lawrence. It's really strange. And when you first said that, okay, I, I, I'm attracted to the woman, so I, I, I don't know. I never really looked at Wayne Gretzky like that. It was Mario Lemieux. Yeah. But yeah, I could understand after you said that, because there was some weird picture I remember from that day of Wayne Gretzky in the shower. It was a very weird photo from AP. I'm not sure why it's such a to thinking pictures of, of Wayne Gretzky in the shower. But I, but I was grateful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura was printing out thousands of copies of that picture and think, oh boy, Laura, what are you doing? Um, yeah, and then, but Keith Hernandez, was he like a sex symbol for the ladies back then? Not really. I mean, okay. He, you guys will have to help me. Was he? Did he play at the same time as Bucky Dent, or was he after? I think part of his career he was. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he, he was nothing compared to Bucky Dent. Oh, so Bucky <laughs> Dent was the, the symbol. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Oh my God. See, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a picture of Bucky Dent. Really? I, I don't know that I've oh, ever man. seen his face. You Google him. I'm going to have to because yes. I don't know that I've ever seen a, fa a picture of him. Like, you could have said anybody else other than Bucky Dent, and I would have been like, oh, okay. Crap. He still looks pretty good now. Okay. I see it. Yeah, Sadly, he's, he's 69 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Make sure you do it from your personal computer because Bucky Dent work computer searches would be, oh, my goodness. Chris, you're a Ray Donovan person, aren't you? No, no, but no. Are you, Greg? Well, uh, Leah Shriver, or, no. or just uh, the show? The show in general. I've seen it. I haven't really watched all no. of it. Well, there's who a, are you uh, thinking on that? There's there's an episode. That's oh, called Bucky effing Dent. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's what I thought of when I said it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm fascinated. I, I would have never known that Bucky Dent was a sex symbol. Or Keith Hernandez was kind of, I guess, right? I mean, yeah. he, he wasn't Gretzky or Bucky Dent. <laughs> he was no Bucky Dent. Well, Gretzky's the great one, so he's automatically probably a sex symbol. Keith Hernandez is probably most known by many women, probably for his turn on Seinfeld. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. that a lot of women probably – or even some men probably don't even know who Keith Hernandez was as far as his playing days, even though he was a great player, don't get me wrong, but until he came to um, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, he was an Indian too. Wow. Or, or a Guardian, shall we say now? I don't know. Yeah, the Guardian. Yeah. What else from the episode seemed interesting? Um it, it was you know, it it was funny the the broker got sick and they couldn't find him. And once they found him um, you know, that's when, you know, he gave the better tip, but, you know, Jerry sold early and the stock started to rise. So I liked how George was like dressed up at the end. Like George is the big rich guy and Jerry was very frustrated. I thought it was good. It was season one. Okay. I mean, if, if this is all we saw, I'd be like, why are we doing a podcast on this? This is crazy. But I, I thought this one started to hit stride. A hundred times better than episode one, I'd say. Would you agree? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. A million times more. <laughs> I, I did like how they how they allowed George to kind of. Now this is this this probably wouldn't have happened in season seven or eight or nine or whatever. That George kind of comes out on top with the uh, the stock tip actually. Yeah. 
panning yeah. out for him. I don't think I don't think later seasons you would have seen that. I will say that this is probably a wasted episode for Elaine, where basically she's just allergic to the cat of the guy that we never meet. And it just kind of is a throwaway for her, which is unfortunate because she's the type of character that, you know, later on in the seasons, you know, really becomes a, a good glue for the group. And I think she's just kind of wasted here. And I think that that's kind of the tendency we've seen in a I lot think, of season one episodes. Yeah, I think she was kind of, I think she, she seemed, I mean, she's written as though she is what she was, which was an add-on. Right. Last oh, yeah. add-on. The one ep couple episodes ago, she was, when it was, it was the standing, do I want to go eat? No. Do I want to drink coffee? Yeah, but I don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. So... There were two things in this episode that I wanted to discuss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One is um, I was glad to see the, um, although this is direct from Jerry's uh, stand up, the expose of the dry cleaning business being a complete fake <laughs> operation. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I mean, I literally think they are doing like this, flicking stuff off in the back because they don't even do that well. And the other, yeah. the other thing was, um, I thought the rollout tie dispenser was <laughs> ten times better than the pizza. Yeah, I mean that's like genius level right there. Yeah, I can. Okay, I'm sure dry cleaning is a viable business. I'm sure it's not completely. Well, it's scary. a viable business because it's stupid. It right, but make sense. Right, right. I, but I'm sure there's some good that it provides. I'm sure it's not completely ridiculous. But I do agree with Jerry there saying it is kind of hard to believe. I know the dry cleaning place around where I live, you can only pick stuff up on Thursday. So if you had any reason to wear a suit, my goodness, you had to time it right. And you had to get there between 5 and 7. And you, know, you had to leave work early or you know, just sneak out is or whatever. During, is that only during COVID? Or was it always that way? It was always that way. And I'll be honest... I really have had little to no reason to wear a suit over the past couple of years. So who knows what it's like with COVID? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's 15 minutes being open. But I remember whenever I had like an interview or, or some big event I had to go to, you, you had to time it out. You had to make sure that, you know. Or find so, another dry cleaner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is true. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, oh. The uh, – the other, the other thing was the grape. Yes. I, I loved that Jerry just kind of went back to the grape after after the discussion. You know, because how many... Did, did you know, and I believe this is true, that grapes cause the most, most accidents in grocery stores? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good lines. I I liked Kramer. It was a different Kramer that we get to know in like, especially season three on. But Kramer seemed to have a weird joy. I mean, I know, hey, you get to know each other, you bustle each other for silly things that everybody does. But Kramer seemed to get a big thrill out to the fact that Jerry was losing money. And this wasn't just 20 bucks. I mean, he said half his money. So, I mean. This is a huge loss from Jerry, and Kramer just loved it. I mean, Kramer, I, I thought that I liked that part of the show. Yeah, we uh, we were talking about that as you were getting stuff situated, and at first I thought, well, maybe this is unKramer like because usually 
you know, Kramer isn't one to judge a, I mean, he'll, he'll tell it like it is and he'll be blunt because that's how he is, but he's also not like mean spirited with it. And I, I kind of interpreted it at first as he was sort of like very sinister in his uh, joy of Jerry's, you know, money just crumbling from underneath him. But, you know, I think Laura brought up a good point though, is that it's not really necessarily a sinister. It's more of like, that's how Kramer's personality is. And I think a lot of it has to go with, you know, Kramer, maybe he didn't give Jerry a heart to heart about not investing in the stock market, but he's also, he also knows Jerry and knows Jerry's personality and temperament. And I think we can all agree that, you know, Jerry's anxiety induced everything probably isn't really suited well for the stock market that fluctuates up and down. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Um, but I do like the rollout tie as well. Yeah. That was, yes. It was better than the pizza. Although yeah. at least I would say this, though, when they did come up with the pizza thing, at least George kind of cut it down very quickly by saying, you're going to have people that don't know how to, you know, use a 500 degree oven, use an oven and burn themselves. So at least they like mentioned how stupid the idea was <laughs> as opposed to, oh, here's Kramer's idea. And no one like pokes hole through the Swiss cheese. You know, I mean, at yeah. least at least they did that. The, the rollout tie really didn't get a lot of steam. It just was mentioned, and then that was about it. Like, no one – I mean, he kind of mentioned it to Jerry in the apartment, and that was about it. He didn't really go on with it, neither of them. You guys may have talked about this while a little bit of tech difficulties, but, but the trip that Jerry and Vanessa made, hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm pro-Vanessa. I know I'm, I'm barking at my own individual tree here, but – just two episodes ago, they were sitting there at the table talking about all kinds of stuff. She was fun. She had personality. And now they had nothing to talk about. I don't know. I mean, I, I want to play therapist. I want to get this couple back together. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not a huge Jerry guy, but, man, Vanessa, what a nice girl. Maybe I should be happy. You know, good. Vanessa got rid of Jerry. You know, I good for Vanessa. You as snowed as Jerry was. Yeah. The personality at the table. Yeah, it was truly her. Um, so she had that one good day, and then it just went downhill after yeah. that. So, yeah. well, uh, I think with, with her, I mean, you know, the obviously this kind of goes in line with what Jerry really is, which is he's not a he's I don't know if he's a commitment foe, but he just isn't interested in commitment. And I think he, you know, he talks about how great the trip would be that it would compress like six months of relationship into three, you know, into what three days or whatever. But I think for they just kind of realized, I think, that they weren't ultra compatible. They got maybe a little bit more comfortable with each other after a few dates. And then they realized that they weren't really a good match. And I just thought it was funny, though. Like, OK, they're on this trip. I realize that you've paid for all of this. But Jerry was like lamenting in the fact that he was going to have to um, what appeared to maybe be there for another another 29 hours before they could leave. Why didn't they just go home? They realized it wasn't working, or yeah. at least he did. So why not just go home and, and call it a day and say it's just not going to work out? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That is a good question. I mean, it wasn't like the weather was bad or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think Jerry, and, and we see this in um, George when they go up to the Hamptons, 
you know, Jeremy's ready to take the the relationship to the next level for the physical part of it. And, you know, maybe he was pushing that too much, too, because it got to the point where there's like, oh, there's nothing else to talk about. So instead of going back to the room, it was just like, you know, Jerry's running for the business section and, you know, she wants to talk about, you know, random stuff. So it's interesting. So season one is over. I mean, a quick five episode arc. Um, not really any type of cliffhanger because I'm sure at that time they didn't know <laughs> who and if the show was coming back. Uh, let's quickly, I, I got a random Seinfeld thing we could talk about, but what's the, um, help me out with what's episode uh, one of season two look like that we're going to talk about next week. The ex-girlfriend. Oh, the ex-girlfriend. Okay. What do you think, guys? Are, are we stepping up in season two or do we still have a little ways of going before it gets good? You'll have to help me, Craig. I w- I'm going to have to help get help too because I'm not. I've I've seen the episode, but it's it's probably been. Uh, let me do a quick search. Is this the one where um, the girl? It's the massage therapist, and she hates George. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm wondering. Well, where Jerry's begging for the massage, uh, he doesn't get. Oh no, it's the other way around. It's Jer- uh, Jerry wants to see George's ex-girlfriend. Oh yes, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Marlene is, this is the. the uh, is this the menage? No. Um. I don't believe so. That's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to watch it and see what it's about. Yeah, we'll this, is, this is one of those where I'm I'm I've seen it, but I'm not overly familiar with it. I'm gonna have to watch it again, obviously, as we do before we, we talk about these. But um yeah, this is this is one that I'm not quite familiar with. I was thinking something else we could do at the end of our show is um, next week's going to be episode six. Um, and I know when Laura and I, and when even when Craig and I were talking about Seinfeld, uh, our original raw of the show, uh, we were going off that list of the top episodes of all time. I know Laura and I always talked about putting together a list. How about starting with next week? Let's rank our top three so far. And obviously that list could change as the episodes go on. So um, at the end of next week, let's just have our top three of the first six we watch. Because, Laura, that's a way that we can kind of develop out our top Seinfeld list. Because we always talk about doing it, but this might actually give us a chance of actually doing it. Sound I went, good? I went through the list, um, the vault, Vulture list, mm-hmm. the whole list, and picked, I think I had gotten, I couldn't, I couldn't get to 10. I think I got to... 17 or something like that 19 maybe of the entire series but my i mean my list is very different than a lot of people's so yeah i don't think a lot of these uh first season yeah are going to make anybody's uh you know top 100 probably to be blunt i mean this is uh some of the i mean it's kind of like pizza you know pizza is pizza there's good pizza, there's great pizza, but even bad pizza is kind of good pizza. Yeah. Even terrible Seinfeld is still okay Seinfeld. And I think, you know, and a lot of it too, I think, is when you start comparing it to the 
the great Seinfeld episodes out there, that's when it really shows its age and really shows that it's not quite up to the snuff of the normal Seinfeld that we've all come and you know come to know and love. Well, yeah. and, and let me clarify, it's definitely going to be evolving list. Like I don't expect any of these six to keep up on our our, our list, our overall list. But you know, we'll do it as it goes, and we'll see where we come out with. Um, got some feedback on the show. This is actually I think two weeks ago, but I wanted to bring up now. Um, Patrick Flaherty, he runs, he actually was on the podcast a long time ago. Uh, he runs podcasts for the Columbus Dispatch. They have podcasts in there. And my goodness, Patrick Flaherty, uh, I met him at a library event a couple weeks ago, and he was bringing up episodes. I mean, he's a listener. I mean, he was telling me things, like he told me something, Laura and I was talking about one episode. I'm like, I didn't even remember. I'm like, dang, Patrick, you're actually listening to this stuff. This is great. Patrick was saying he's not a big Seinfeld fan, which is fine. He's a younger guy. But he said, are you into Curb Your Enthusiasm? And I'm like, I've seen it. I'm not super excited about it. He's like, wow, it's surprising because I would think a Seinfeld fan would be into Curb Your Enthusiasm, same type of humor, everything else. Um, What to close out this? Are you guys into Curb Your Enthusiasm? I am a little. I haven't watched the new stuff, though. Mm-hmm. The return of it. Um, yeah, I watched. I I want to say it was during the early, maybe not earliest, but maybe like middle of summer last summer. Um, I had it. I turned it on and was had it playing while I was working, and it was a little difficult to watch it then because you know you'd I'd miss big sections of it, you know. But I mean, it's very funny. I like. Uh, uh, Larry David a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I actually stopped because it, I couldn't, I tend to watch the same things, you know, over and over when I'm working just because yeah. I can look up and laugh and then, you know, I, I don't mind missing huge chunks. Like Chris and I have been taped. This is our second you know, podcast taping in a row and I have Ted Lasso on TV right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, I know exactly what scene it is, and I, you know, can laugh, you know, silently to myself. I gotta say, I mean, for work, it's been great. I, I dropped to new live because the big selling point is sports. I don't watch other than my Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't watch sports as much and news. And believe me, if all the news is happening, uh, I'll, I'll do news while I'm at work. I'm I'm tired of watching news outside of work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was interesting. Peacock, I subscribed to that. And some of the shows I've been over the years, they're there, like King of Queens and um, uh, uh, Frasier and um, Everybody Loves Raymond's on there. Is I it? haven't seen that as much. Okay, but but Two and a Half Men is the dumbest show. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching that. It, it, it's been great fun. And but that's something I could turn it on, have it on. It's kind of a little laugh track that I could do while I'm working and. You know, I've been good for a season or two a day. You know, it just blows by. And, yeah, I'm not analyzing like we would for this podcast. But, yeah, no, good, good stuff. And I like uh, Patrick's point. I, I, I agree with Laura. I mean, it just it's kind of out. It's there. When I see it, I enjoy it. Uh, I've kind of fallen – I've lost track of Kirby enthusiasm. And, honestly, when I think Craig brought – Craig, um, Patrick brought up because – the show was debuting that weekend, and I'm yep. like, oh, even though it's debuting over the weekend, so I've lost track of it. It's a good show. Um, it's really an extension 
I have not seen all 11 seasons now or 13 seasons. I can't remember. I've lost track. Um, I will say, much like Seinfeld, if you watch the pilot of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you get a lot of like strange vibes. Like this was a show that HBO greenlit. Not not that it was a bad show because I think it was greenlit based off the success of Seinfeld, but it was really strangely shot. Like the camera the camera work was a little spotty. Wasn't really framed all that great. It just seemed like it was home video, you know, kind of Larry David's like literal home. And maybe that's how they were kind of going for it. But there have been some very funny gags that I've seen over the years. Like the the one that always is going to stand out to me is that uh, Larry David had an issue with a coffee shop owner. And, in, and to get back at that coffee shop owner, he rented out a business right next door to it and opened up his own coffee shop and undercut the prices. Of oh, his coffee. Wow. And so he called it his spite coffee shop. It was hilarious. Um, it's a very good show. It's probably not one that you um, it's, it's very similar to Seinfeld, but it's, it's kind of one of those where you want to pay attention to it. You don't want to just have it on in the background because even though you get some of those classic, you know, archetypal characters and tropes from, you know, rom- you know, comedies or, you know, half hour comedy sitcoms, it, it does it does have some funny, you know, in-depth kind of stuff and good humor and back and forth. Um, and I will say the biggest difference, I think, between this and Seinfeld is that Larry David as the main character in Curb Your Enthusiasm is like a hundred times better than Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry Oh, Seinfeld. I was going to say it too. Um, and then, of course, you still get the great uh, secondary characters like you would with Elaine and George. You still get those those secondary characters in Curb Your Enthusiasm that tied you over, but then you get a better lead in in Larry David playing Larry David. It's 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 a much better overall show because of that. I love when Larry David and I, I'm not as big a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but when he's on a talk show or he's on some comedy thing, he just rants. Oh, I can listen to it all day. Uh, real quick, and I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but I mean, Larry David wrote Seinfeld, so we're not really off topic. But um, there was a show, you guys may not remember, it was a one year show, The Marriage Ref, where people would have problems in their marriage, nothing super serious. Uh, probably nothing divorce divorceable. It was just more of, hey, we got this argument. Can you help, you know, solve it? And Seinfeld was on uh, once or twice, but they had other guests on. And they had, like, I think it was Tom Papa. He was a semi-popper uh, comic at the time. The best episode ever was the, the guests were Larry David, Ricky Gervais, and Madonna. And Larry David and Gervais were feeding off each other. They're hysterical. Madonna definitely, obviously, isn't a one marriage kind of woman. And they were just going off on this couple, and it was hysterical. And then finally, Gervais is like, why the heck would NBC call us the marriage refs? You've got me, Larry David, and Madonna. It sounds like the worst marriage refs ever. It, It was great. Larry David's fantastic. I love Larry David, so... Maybe not on the show, but he was great. So, all right. Well, hey, lots of good conversations. Um, man, that Vanessa thing. I, I still kind of like her. But I, I can't understand this. why. She's like the most forgettable Seinfeld. Can you even tell her perfume? What the hell? Yeah. But, but I, 
but I like this because good, you know, we need to have some type of a conflict in the podcast. We can't always say, you know, I say, I love Vanessa. You guys like, yeah, Vanessa's great. Yeah, we get, we have to have the back and forth. And I think, you know, Lauren and I disagreed. It, it was our famous, very short episode where my power goes out and I inadvertently knocked off everybody else's power. I'm like, <laughs> you know, if, if I can't have power, neither can you. I just shut the show down. But, um, you know, we were arguing about Elaine. So this will be good. We're going to be arguing about relationships with Seinfeld. <laughs> Give people a reason to come back. So it's good. So um, ex-girlfriend, Laura, I can't wait. Well, I'm sure we're going to disagree on the ex-girlfriend <laughs> in some way. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll, send me a note during the week of how you feel. I'll definitely take okay. the opposite side. It'll, it'll be fun. Um, hey, real quick, um, because I, I got to do some – um, spots real quick. Uh, check out our sponsors. Um, you know, Chase Bank, Ashley Home Store, tons of content on the network. Holy, holy crap, or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> early in the week, we had interviews. Um, we're trying to stay away from Ohio politics. Politics are crazy, but um, a lot of fun stuff Ohio we wanted to talk about. Uh, we had Danae um, King. Um, come by the show. We missed her for the past couple months, but she's back. Uh, talks about some religion stories. We also have Megan Henry uh, talking about supply chain issues at school lunches. Uh, Laura, I saw that your paper picked up on that um, this week. You were like a localized version of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds very weird to say, but some of the interviews that you're actually seeing on ColumbusDispatch.com, which is crazy. And I'm very happy that you can see some of those on there. Hopefully that continues. Um, later tonight, um, Craig and I are going to talk with uh, Joe Castle. Lori, you got to check this out. Uh, this lady is saying that she could buy groceries for a week for 15 bucks at Dollar Tree. And she makes an interesting case. So we're, we're watching her YouTube video and should be good. Uh, what else? Um, that's a good yeah. one, actually. That would be a good yeah. thing. I didn't remember when I did a lot of writing about hunger issues. Yes, yes, yeah, it, so. it was good. I, I was ready to rip her apart after watching it. She's got points. I'm not sure how I'll, I'll feel. I'll, I'll have to go off what Craig says. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll fight with Craig since Laura will be gone after this one. Um, and then later tonight, we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be yelling at Will Ferrell. I don't know if you guys saw it this week. Oh. Will Ferrell came out, and is it humble brag? What was it? He was on an interview, and he said, hey, I could have done Elf 2, but I turned it down. Yeah. They offered him tons <laughs> and tons of money. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of neutral on Will Ferrell. I like some of his stuff. I don't like some of his other stuff. But why bring that up? I don't know. I mean, it'd be like. If someone asks you a question, you tend to answer it. Maybe someone asked him, hey. Any regrets or hey, did you ever have a chance to do sequels? What just what just make make something up? I mean, I'm sure maybe one day Seinfeld was close to having a reboot, but just don't say it. You're gonna make us all mad. Just lie. Just like I yeah, just, we never want to do it. I just want there to be a Seinfeld reboot so then we could get like Kramer going on Shark Tank trying to oh, sell yes. you know, the pizza, oh. you know, or the rollout tie or something, you know, or the ball of oil. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'd be fantastic. So, lots of good coverage. And hey, follow our network. Um, I know not all of you are Steeler fans, but um, hey, I'm on uh, behind the Steel Curtain Network. I'm hosting a live show tonight. Holy crap! Ooh. Just think, Laura. Usually we could stop, but I can't stop this. <laughs> it's going out to a bunch of Steeler fans. 
Look out. Uh, hopefully your your audio, your syntax yeah. audio will get yes. out. Yeah, hopefully I don't cancel myself either because, again, it's live. I mean, <laughs> it's live, baby. It's going to be wild. Um, it's the Know Your Enemy podcast where – George Thomas appeared. Craig, I have to have a conversation offline. I got an argument about George Thomas with guys at Behind the Steel Curtain Network. Right. I'll share it with you guys real quick offline. George, it's all good. It's not, if George is listening, it's nothing bad, but it, it kind of frustrated me a little bit. All right. Well, for Laura and Craig, we got to talk for a minute or two afterwards. But thanks for checking out the Seinfeld podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the, the ex-girlfriend. And I'm anticipating an argument between Laura and me. But that's good. I want to argue with Laura. It'll make us both feel good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. And thanks for checking out uh, the Seinfeld podcast on the Highland. Have a good one.